the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's not fake news, but it's damn close. We've had two terrible mass shootings uh, with, a, with, a, with a total of 23 innocent people being killed. And uh, that includes the one right here two weeks ago, of course, at, out in Squirrel Hill. And everybody wants to find a way to make sure that it never happens again. And the shooting at a nightclub in Oakland Hills, California, had everybody understandably saying, oh, no, not again. And it kept the debate about guns that was still going on because of what happened here at the Tree of Life Synagogue. It kept it going. But it also produced the expected amount of hysteria that helps nobody and changes nothing and may make things worse. All over the media, the number 307 was thrown around the last couple of days. Then the borderline attack is the 307th mass shooting this year. Let that number sink in. 307. There have been 307 mass shootings with four or more people shot, 328 people killed, and the year's not over. There have been 307 mass shootings in 311 days. The deadly shooting at a bar in a Los Angeles area suburb which claimed the lives of 13 people was the 307th mass shooting of 2018. Now the shooting in Texas marks the 307th mass shooting in the United States just this year. Now, you notice that that last uh, person there, she's a uh, news anchor, I don't know her name, in, in St. Louis, KSDK. She said the shooting's in Texas because that came from a year ago, last November, and she was giving the same number, 307 mass shootings for the year. Uh, the order of those uh, people appearing there were Jim Axelrod, national correspondent for CBS, Stephanie Goss, because she's a correspondent for NBC Nightly News, Cheryl Underwood, uh, co-host of The Talk, and uh, something called Watch It, W-O-C-H-I-T News. Uh, that's from the Business Insider. And again, the, the woman from St. Louis was talking about last year. And the number was exactly the same that she threw out there, 307. Now, millions of people heard that number multiple times in the last couple of days after the shooting out in California. I'm guessing that the reactions from most of the people was shock or maybe just as many just nodded their heads thinking, yeah, it's a, it's a terrible thing, and yeah, I guess it must be terrible. Boy, 307. But the media were wrong to use that number the day after the shooting in Thousand Oaks, California, uh, because it gave lots of people the uh, false impression that just about every day in America, somebody somewhere is showing up where a crowd has gathered and started shooting. Um, we've seen it. Obviously, it has happened, and obviously it happens too much, and it happened too close to home, and it happened... And just within two weeks of each other. But if you pay attention at all, you shouldn't be shocked and you shouldn't nod your head because you know how horrible the horrific uh, recent shootings were. And, and you know that uh, that similar incidents were happening every day. If they were happening every day, you, you'd be hearing about them. And it's a problem because the media, by constantly referring to that number the last few days, and as you saw, going all the way back to last year, it was coming up again, a different 307, uh, they're combining the problems together and making it less likely that a solution is found for either of them because they're not the same. The mass shootings where lots of innocent people are killed can create serious questions about gun control and mental health. I happen to think mental health is a bigger problem uh, than the guns, but hey, it's you know it's worth a debate. It's worthy of a debate. You can we can have a discussion about that, and there is one going on, or always will be. But what about that number three hundred seven? Is that a gun control issue or a mental issue? Actually, it's neither. It's a completely different problem. It, within that number, 307, there are incidents like Squirrel Hill and Thousand Oaks. But it's a completely different problem that requires different solutions. And anytime four or more people are killed or injured in a shooting, it's classified as a mass shooting. And anybody who's willing to take a look at what makes up that number, 307 again... 
uh, and it'll change. It's going to go up. It's only November. Is going to find that it's something that some people don't want to talk about because they're afraid of being called a racist. But most mass shootings, no, I'm not talking about shootings like we saw at Squirrel Hill or the shooting that we saw in California a couple nights ago. I'm talking about mass shootings under the official definition don't involve one person showing up at a church or a synagogue or a bar or a nightclub and shooting as many people as uh, they, as he can. And mostly it's, it's always been he. I don't know if there's a she involved. Most of them have to do with black-on-black crime. And lumping that problem in with the problem of single gunmen showing up and killing innocent people just makes it more unlikely that the numbers of black-on-black shootings will be reduced. And I don't know if it has any effect on the number of... I don't know what you can do about what happened at Squirrel Hill and what happened at Thousand Oaks. But to lump those together with black-on-black crime sure isn't going to do anything to solve black-on-black crime. When we come back, I'm going to go inside that number 307. You're going to find it interesting, I think. Stick around. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality. With lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explain the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. It's been a full day. The to-do list is done, the kids are in bed, the dishes can wait. Right now, this moment is just for you. It's your chance to unwind. It's your end of day, ah. At the Original Mattress Factory, we're proud supporters of the end of day, ah. And we want to see how you relax at the end of your busiest days. Share your posts on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag end of day, ah, for the chance to win a $1,000 Original Mattress Factory gift certificate. Relax, you've earned it. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on a to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. 
Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, you hear that number 307 being thrown around, and uh, you'll hear it. I bet you hear it again tonight at some point on some cable news station or on the radio or somewhere. You will hear it. And um, uh, I, you're not going to spend the time because you don't have a talk show. I do. I got to come up with things to talk about. And so I don't know that you're going to take the time to go to gunviolence.org um, and look up this. Um, this uh, chart that I have here, but I did today because I kept hearing that number 307. And, and here's the thing. You, you heard those sound bites we played earlier, and the number is thrown out as though it's – and it's not just that it's thrown out. It was, it was tossed around the way it was and still is being tossed around this week in the wake of what happened out in California at the, at the, uh, the, the, the nightclub where the people were shot and killed. And if you're going to throw that number out there and while you're doing reports on that and say this makes 307 mass shootings, the reaction that they're expecting to get from that, at least is the, the one that I think they're expecting to get when I'm sitting there watching it is, oh, my God, we've had 307 of these mass shootings in the United States. What kind of a country are we? We're terrible. We've got to do something about this. Well, you can go on gunviolence.org uh, and... Um, but it's gunviolencearchive.org, and it it archives every single uh, ep, uh, incident of gun violence in the United States over, over the past year. Now, uh, gun violence is anything that involves four people being uh, sh- shot, killed, or murdered. But it's four people being shot is gun violence. Four, okay. So I just went on there and I started on November and I didn't include I obviously didn't include the Tree of Life synagogue and I didn't include the the, the incident in California the other night because that's those are obviously mass shootings, mass murders, uh, someone walking into a building and just killing innocent people for no reason. There haven't been 307 of those. That shouldn't surprise you to hear that. So I just went in and on this um, gunviolencearchive.org, which everybody in the media, by the way, should be required to have at their desk or in their computer uh, on their favorites so that they can go to it at any time because it's such an obvious thing. Um, so anyway, so here's what I did. I, I, there, on this chart, you can look at it. gives you the date, the state, the city, the address. It gives you the number of people killed, the number of people injured. And over on the far right, it says view incident and view source. So I went to view source. So you can look at the incident and get kind of the official account of what happened. But if you go to view source and click on there, it's it'll be a newspaper report, some kind of a media report of what happened. So I just started going down the list. I didn't I, I, I just went all the way down. I, I skipped the one that just happened. In uh, in Thousand Oaks, California, because I knew what happened there, and I didn't. I obviously didn't include uh, what happened because it's on here too. Obviously, what happened uh, at um, the Tree of Life Synagogue, which was October twenty seventh. But I went down the list. So here you go, Long Beach, November third. Now this remember this is one of the three hundred and seven mass shootings that we've had in America that everybody is is uh, just moaning about. And believe me, these are terrible, but they're not the same as what happened in California, what happened in Squirrel Hill. Long Beach, November 3rd. Four wounded. Apparent gang-related. One man, three juveniles. Now, here's one that the Tallahassee yoga incident. I did include that, and I believe that's just a a random shooting. Two killed, five injured. I believe that's just a, a, a guy showing up and just deciding to shoot people for apparently no reason. So that counts as one. But uh, here's Springfield, Missouri on November 8th. An illegal alien kills two former roommates. He was an Hispanic guy. Uh, Minneapolis on November 1st. Five people hurt. And if you go in and look at the story, it was an argument in the street. There was shooting back and forth. It was a shooting. 
Okay? People shooting back and forth at each other. That's not quite the same as one uh, crazy person going into a building and just shooting innocent people for no apparent reason or for a reason that he's conjured up in his mind, which indicates that he's most likely insane. But there it was. Five people hurt, argument in the street. Nobody killed there. November 1st, Detroit, East Side, 25-year-old Antonio Hubbard. A 15-year-old boy was killed. Two 16-year-olds and another 15-year-old were shot. Uh, So they were wounded. Three wounded, one killed. He robbed the victims first and then shot them. So it was an armed robbery, and four people were shot. And that makes the list of 307. And again, uh, every person on here except the person I mentioned was Hispanic. Every incident here is black-on-black crime. Every single one I'm going to point out to you here. Uh, So we'll go down the list. How about October 30th, South Los Angeles? Five people injured. Drive-by, okay? A drive-by shooting. The details are in there. Uh, They're they're pretty gruesome. It's just uh, five people injured. They weren't killed. It's good for them. But somebody just decided to shoot a gun into their house, and five people were injured. Again, five is more than four, or... And that's, that qualifies as a mass shooting, and that's included in the 307. Now, when people in Canada and Australia and Great Britain and uh, Europe, uh, other places around Europe, they see stories, and they will see this number. three hundred. This is the 307th time that there's been a mass shooting in um, the United States. You think that they are going to go to gunviolencearchive.org and check out what they mean by that? What the number means, I mean? that, that uh, They're not going to, um, they're not interested in the details. It's the shock value of the 307 that, that's intended by the media when they use it. I know that the people who are using it in the media know that there haven't been 307 incidents like the one in Squirrel Hill uh, two weeks ago and the one in... Um, a thousand oaks uh, this week, they know that, and but they're tying it together. And how is that helping anything? It's 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 misleading, and it's counterproductive if you ask me. So that was uh, that was uh, South L.A. Move along to October. Tw- now there is one just about every day. Uh, October twenty eighth, El Dorado, Arkansas. Two killed. Shots fired at a residence. It was a drive by. Just a drive by. Two killed. Again. Black on black. Uh, October 27th, Memphis. Five people injured at a Halloween party. Three males appeared in the backyard and started shooting. The shooter was a 17-year-old male. That's in Memphis. So five people injured. Uh, Nobody killed, but it's a mass shooting. More than four. Four or more. Five people. That that qualifies. So it makes the list. Um, October 26th, Jersey City. Another one on the list. Two men murdered. 17-year-old girl was murdered. The shooter was uh, the shooters were 25 and 26. And from what I got got from the story that was on there uh, in Jersey City, it was a shootout. People were shooting at each other. Now, what makes us an incident like uh, California and Squirrel Hill horrific is that obviously it's people who were going about their business. In one case, uh, worshiping. Uh, in another case, having a good time out for a, you know, for a good time at a bar, nightclub, and not bothering anybody, and they were shot. That makes it much more horrific. If you get involved in a shootout on the street, you're shooting back and forth at each other with guns, and one of you gets shot and injured, I'm not going to have a whole lot of sympathy for that. So I, 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 I don't think that should be lumped in there with the one, uh, 307 number, again, that's been thrown out. So it was a shootout. Somehow... A 17-year-old girl died, and I don't think she was involved in the shootout. October 25th, I'm going back every day. Chicago, south side, five wounded. Several gunmen approached on foot and fired shots. Um, that's most, I think it was gang-related. Um, it's just five wounded. Again, makes the list of 307. October 22nd, Chicago, Five. Uh, uh, this is uh, Chicago Southside. Six wounded in a drive-by. It followed a musician's funeral. Six wounded in a drive-by. Somebody drove by 
and shot. Again, these people, I don't know how, they're, they're lucky to survive. I don't know how serious they are. I didn't go into the details. But six wounded on a drive-by. Again, mass shooting, one of the 307 incidents. One of these happen, that, that happens every day in America that, that they like to talk about on the uh, nightly news. Um, but I think if you're going to give that number, you need to differentiate between what happened in Squirrel Hill, what happened out in Thousand Oaks, and what's happening in all of these incidents uh, where people are shooting each other. And uh, they're not the same. And they shouldn't be lumped together. That 307 number should not be include both of these kinds of incidents. October 21st, Jacksonville. One man killed. Four men and a woman injured. That's five. That qualifies as a, as a mass shooting, a drive-by in Jacksonville. That was back on October 21st. So we've gone back, what, uh, two weeks? A little over two weeks. Lakewood, Washington out in the state of Washington, a gunfight at a nightclub. A gunfight, not someone showing up at the nightclub and pulling out a gun and just deciding to shoot people like what happened in California um, this week. A gunfight. That's included in the 307. It's included with what happened at Squirrel Hill. It's included with what happened in California. It's not the same thing. But the media would have you believe that by th- lumping them all together in that 307. They're all terrible. Don't no, Nobody's denying that. But they're not the same. Um, that was uh, Lakewood, Washington. So I can go on this. I can randomly. I'm looking now. I have this thing up on my computer, the, the archive. And it goes down here to October 13th. I can just click here on, uh, I'll move up the list here. And I'll go all the way back. I'm just going to, um, um, I'm just going to, do a uh, random, I'll pick one. I'll pick, uh, oh, how about Chic- How about Wichita on June 23rd, okay? Um, nobody killed, four injured. I'll click on the source and see what it says. I have no idea what it's going to come up. Maybe it'll be something different. Bronzeville mass shooting victim has died, okay? Um, a man has died after being wounded in a mass shooting last week. Now, maybe this is an actual mass shooting in Bronzeville on the south side. Michael Sutton Jr., 31, was pronounced dead Tuesday, four days after a shooting that wounded four other people, according to Chicago police and the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office. And on tops, an autopsy on his cause of death hasn't been released. The shooting happened about 12, a, 12 10 a.m. Saturday in the 100 block of East 51st Street, police said. Five people were standing on a sidewalk when someone in a gray vehicle shot at them. A 15-year-old boy was shot in his leg. A 50-year-old man was shot in his back. A 26-year-old man was shot in his head. And a 33-year-old man was shot in his lower back, police said. Their conditions had stabilized. Sounds a little bit like a drive-by, doesn't it? I just, that was random, okay? Wichita, Kansas. That's where I went. I actually lived there for a while. Uh, maybe that's why it caught my eye. Uh, but I, I did minor league baseball out there many years ago. So, I mean, that's, that's just, I just went there randomly and picked it. And it wasn't a, uh, a lot of innocent people. Well, there were innocent people involved, but it was not a random thing. It was, uh, somebody was, was trying to, um, there was a reason for the shooting and it wasn't, it wasn't a mass shooting in the same way that it was a mass shooting at Squirrel Hill two weeks ago and the way it was a mass shooting in California this week. And I can go down that list, and um, how many do you think I'd find out of the 307? Um, I'm not going to do it because I'm just not going to take the time to do it, but somebody could. Uh, It would be interesting to see how many of the 307 are incidents like that, black-on-black crime, city in a city, uh, urban area, and how many of the 307 do you think? Uh, uh, so far, I've looked at maybe 15, and I've found one that involved in Hispanic, uh, uh, illegal. Every other one was black-on-black crime. That is a problem that needs to be solved, and too many people are afraid to face it for too many stupid reasons. We'll be back. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Fatalities are being reported in that fire in Northern California that's leveled the town of Paradise. It's still pretty hard to, to assess. We, we know that there was a lot of movement of people trying to get out of, uh, out of the Paradise area yesterday. We, we know there are fatalities, but, but we really can't put a number on it quite yet. 
The blaze near the town of Paradise has grown to nearly 110 square miles, and investigators found the dead in vehicles that were torched by the flames. Meanwhile, in Southern California, a fire jumped Route 101 into the Santa Monica Mountains there. Woolsey Fire Incident Commander David Richardson says the blaze is a dangerous one. We have a column of smoke behind you here. That cell continues to burn in Ventura County. And we have some ominous uh, uh, columns of smoke over the Santa Monica Mountains. Fire conditions remain severe with high winds and low humidity throughout the state. On Wall Street, the down by 201 points. This is SRN News. Hey guys, Ken here from the hit podcast, Today's Growth. Who would win a three-mile bicycle race, an 11-year-old girl or last year's winner of the Tour de France? It all depends on the bicycle. It depends on their vehicle. Both on a 10-speed and the pro racer is going to win every time. But put the racer on a tricycle and the 11-year-old wins every time. You see, it's not the driver. It's the vehicle. When it comes to generating revenue, it's exactly the same. If you have a job or a small business, you are riding a tricycle. You can only go so fast. If you need to make up lost ground, it's not going to happen on a tricycle. No matter how fast you pedal, it's simply not going to win the race. Why do many people with no schooling and no advanced degree often become very wealthy? Simple. They choose to only ride 10 speeds. When it comes to helping people create their next revenue model, both Forbes and Inc. recommend Income Store as a can't-miss when it comes to putting people on a 10-speed. Could your household or business use an additional revenue model that doesn't solely depend on you? If so, you need to check out IncomeStore.com. That's IncomeStore.com. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer Pittsburgh skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. AM 1250, the answer. What gives one company the edge over another? Maybe it's not one thing. Maybe it's taking care of lots of things that help a business run smoothly. In other words, Cintas. Cintas has products that help your people stay safe and apparel programs that convey the right image. They service fire protection equipment, deliver and stock restroom supplies, and make sure facilities are clean and ready. Because when all those things work together, you're in business. Oh, I'm ready! Get Cintas and get ready for the workday. The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We've got problems on the Parkway North. Inbound, got an accident in the left lane of the Mount Nebo Road overpass, and your delays start at 79. Now, on outbound side, it's also heavy from the Mount Nebo Road overpass up to the Parkway North. Parkway East, still really busy outbound. Forbes Avenue to Edgewood, Swissvale, and inbound pretty solid from Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, also heavy outbound. Sawmill Run Boulevard to Carnegie. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Any rain will be moving away from the area early on this evening. Cloudy skies, increasingly windy and colder for the rest of tonight with a snow shower late tonight, low 23. Tomorrow, a morning flurry or two, otherwise windy and cold with clouds and sun, the high just 34, low tomorrow night 22. Partly sunny and chilly Sunday, high 42. 
I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. Well, if you're just tuning in, we spent the first half hour talking about mass shootings in America and focusing on the media's focus on the number 307, as in 307 mass shootings in the United States this year, including the one in Thousand Oaks, California, earlier this week, and the one in uh, Squirrel Hill right here in Pittsburgh two weeks ago. Amy Square is the legal policy analyst at the Meese Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. She's done a lot of work on Second Amendment issues. She joins us now. Amy, thanks for being here. John, thank you so much for having me. So how do you react? I Just so, so you know uh, what I did in the last uh, half hour, because you weren't listening. I, I went on. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, uh, gun violence, the Gun Violence Archive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can look up every mass shooting. Uh, that, and, that, and for a mass shooting, for people who weren't listening before, any any uh, shooting that includes four people shot, wounded, or murdered, totaling four, qualifies. And I went down the list. And, and so what I'm getting at here, uh, Amy, is that uh, it's a problem for me when when I hear that number tied in with what happened here in Squirrel Hill two weeks ago and tied in with what happened in Thousand Oaks, California this week as though they're the same thing. And they're so far away from being the same thing, it's ridiculous. So I'm just wondering how you respond when, or how you react when you hear that number. And I, I while you uh, were waiting to get, put you on the air, uh, in my last segment, I ran some sound bites of a bunch of people referring to that number on NBC, CBS, a couple of local things. And so everybody's throwing that number around. How do you react when you hear it? Well, like, this is the same problem that we ran into uh, when people started throwing around numbers of school shootings after Parkland, where you would just have this wide range uh, everywhere from there have been four this year to there have been you know, 47. Um, and really what this comes down to is the, the number from the gun violence archive, it is not technically wrong, but what it is, is highly misleading. Uh, and I don't blame the gun violence archive for that. I mean, they, they are very upfront about what they include and what they don't include. Um, and they actually apparently link to, you know, the, the different stories so that on each one you can see, you know, the context for each of them. It, it doesn't purport to to be anything other than what it is. Um, but the way that that number is then taken and thrown around, uh, when, when people hear the term mass shooting, they have a very uh, particular image in their mind about things, you know, that, that happen like it's Squirrel Hill or, or that happened in California just the other day uh, of, of what we would actually term mass public shootings, uh, where it is, it is something that is unrelated to um, you know, gang-related violence or domestic violence. Uh, and these incidents of mass public shootings uh, that terrify people because they are so random and they are so, you know, it makes you afraid to, to go out in public. Uh, those types of things are actually exceedingly rare. Um, and it's certainly not anywhere near 300. In fact, when you look at, uh, I, I disagree with Mother Jones on quite a bit, um, but Mother Jones has their own uh, mass public shooting database uh, that I, I think does a fantastic job of, of sticking to a more uh, meaningful requirements. Uh, you see that there have only been 11 mass public shootings uh, that we would typically term mass shootings uh, this year. So a uh, huge difference in numbers there. And, you know, you hate to use the word only because, you know, anybody right. who, especially here in Pittsburgh, anybody who's been associated or, or had a family member or a friend, anybody they know uh, killed uh, two weeks ago while they were in a synagogue, they don't want to hear the word only, that there's only been 11 of them because they want there to be none of them. But my my problem is with I think that you by by tying the two together you it's, it's almost dismissive of the problem of black on black crime which nobody wants to say but I I went back um, um, I went back one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven about about twelve or thirteen days this year and just went in and as you said on the archive you can you can find the context you can find a report on what happened and as before i went to break i said you could go on this archive and go down and just stop at any any um listing and go into where it says source and read the story and i've yet to find one just randomly stopping anywhere i've yet to find one that is not black on black crime so my i guess my point is amy that there should be a lot more talk about that even though as horrific as these things have been in the last couple of weeks, and, and they always are, the sh- school shootings and all that stuff, 
there's not enough talk about that, and, and it's, it almost takes the focus away from which something that's a much, much bigger problem. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and when I say only, I, I don't mean in, in I any sense to say that that, that is yeah, an acceptable number. Clearly, right. everyone wants that to be zero. Um, but no, what this does is when you start mixing together uh, you know, these much broader definitions of, of mass public shootings, what it does is it takes away uh, the chance for meaningful conversations about the types of gun violence that are, are infinitely more likely to affect uh, people in the real world world. Uh, so mass public shootings uh, account for a, a very, very small percentage, uh, something like 1% of all uh, gun homicides every year, and an even smaller percentage of overall gun deaths. Uh, and so when, when people kind of focus on that and make it seem as though uh, this is the, the overriding issue, it's actually taking away that, that chance for meaningful conversation. Uh, because what we actually know is that most violent crime is, is having to do uh, with as you know, as you kind of hinted at, not necessarily black on black crime, but gun related, or sorry, gang related violence, uh, drug related violence, domestic violence, you know, incidences where um, you know it's this murder or suicide of, of family members, um, and actually even more on top of that, you have the issue of suicide, which accounts for two thirds of all gun deaths every year. And so by kind of lumping that all together, uh, you really undermine the ability of, of people to have a conversation about those much uh, more impactful uh, subjects that, that are really undergirding a lot of violent crime. And I think just uh, as you're talking there, I'm thinking that the it seems to me you have a better chance of coming up with a solution or at least trying to find a solution to um, the kind of violence that you find uh, in the cities and whether you want to call it black on black or just gun violence, gang-related violence, whatever you want to call it, you have a much better chance of, of looking for solutions to that, I think, than you do for a, a person who's obviously insane just deciding to get a gun and going to shoot uh, multiple people. I don't know. What's, how, how do you stop that? Yeah, I, I mean, again, to to an extent, I, I would agree. Though, though, I'd also say, given what we know about uh, the impact of gun violence with with suicide uh, and just how big of a role suicide plays, focusing on on mental health uh, is actually a, a very good way of of addressing gun violence generally. That was my um, next though, question. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Right. Yeah, though, though, you know, as uh, Heritage has written and, and I've written on, uh, in, and hopefully we'll have another paper out on this in, in the next few weeks, when you look at mass public shootings, their nature is just that they're so hard uh, to necessarily predict and, and intervene on um, that, you know, it, your, your broader uh, focus on mental health is, is more likely to have a more significant impact on suicide rates uh, than necessarily um you know, this broader policy having an effect on, on mass public shootings. Uh, but it is definitely something that is important to discuss in terms of, of gun violence. Well, the shooter in Thousand Oaks, uh, and we're talking to Amy Swearer, the legal policy analyst at the uh, Heritage Foundation. Um, the shooter in Thousand Oaks was a former Marine and a combat veteran. There's been talk that he might have had PTSD. Uh, how does that play into the analysis about how to prevent these kinds of things? Well, what, what we do know uh, is that he, he did apparently have some issues. He had some, some contacts with police. Uh, the hard part is that uh, you know you can't just take away someone's guns just because they had a contact with police. There there needs to be some sort of official record, you know, where the the person is assessed, uh, and, and it looks like even though a mental health crisis team was called uh, to this individual's house, it, he wasn't placed under any sort of official hold or given an evaluation. Uh, which you know, again, the details about that haven't come out uh, as to whether or not that was warranted in that situation. Um, but but the hard part is that uh, when you have individuals who are kind of riding this line, uh, you know, where they clearly need help, but they, they might not have, have sort of stepped over that line to, to the point where you know, a court is going to get involved or adjudicate them, order them to get help, um, it, it, what you're really running into is, is this sort of intersection of the government can't necessarily do anything under current laws, and for good reasons, because we have due process protections. Uh, but at the same time, that individual may be at a heightened risk of violence against himself or others. And so uh, for particular individuals, there really kind of is this, this difficult scenario where how do you deal uh, with people who clearly need help, 
you know, how, how do we ensure that they're getting help? How do we ensure that we're, uh, we're giving them due process protections? And how do we ensure that, uh, you know, people who have stepped across that line who clearly do need help and should not have firearm access, you know, how, how do we ensure that uh, they are disarmed in a safe manner? I mean, these are all questions of, of policy that I think, you know, everyone agrees need to be addressed. And it's just a matter of how we go about doing that in a constitutional manner. You mentioned, uh, Amy, uh, that you thought that mental health is something that should maybe be talked about more when we when we're talking about these kinds of shootings that we've had here in Pittsburgh and out in California. Uh, this guy's mother said she was afraid of him. I, I'm just wondering, uh, and I don't—I know you're not necessarily a mental health expert, but was there a time in the past when that would have meant that this guy was in, institutionalized? Are people less likely to have their relatives institutionalized than they used to be? Uh, I know here in Pittsburgh, I used to live near two large mental institutions, which is what they were known as back then, and they don't exist anymore. So I don't know where—I don't know where those people are going. Uh, but you know how much of how much of it is just people are tolerating more and taking more risks with people who obviously have health uh, mental health issues. Yeah, well, there has certainly been in the last forty years a move towards the deinstitutionalization of the mentally ill. I mean, that being said, I, I don't know that that based on you know the limited information we have about this individual that he necessarily you know in the past decades would have been institutionalized uh, by any means. Uh, but that is certainly something that a number of, of researchers have brought up uh, that, you know, as we've gotten away from uh, from institutionalization of, of really taking a more hands-on approach uh, in terms of mental health and um, especially for individuals who may not understand just how, how sick and in need of treatment they are, uh, that it, in many respects has corresponded with an increase in not just uh, violent crime rates, but also homelessness. Uh, now, even as I say that, I think it's important to keep in mind the vast majority of mentally ill individuals are not violent. They will never become violent. Uh, but there is certainly a correlation between uh, certain types of uh, mental illness, especially when untreated, um, and certain types of violent crime, uh, especially with mass public shootings. And, and so there's a correlation, but I want to be clear, um, you know, that, that is not to say that mentally ill individuals are pariahs uh, who have no part in society, because that's clearly not the case either. Um, uh, can you think of a new gun law or laws that would reduce shootings? I mean, I, I, you're not, I, I know you're a, you're a strong Second Amendment uh, person, but can you think of a law that would not violate that and that could still reduce shootings? Uh, well, I think the biggest issue right now is enforcing current laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that a lot of gun violence is, is perpetrated by individuals who are already prohibited from having firearms under state uh, and federal law, um, and that, that there is a large black market for firearms, uh, and, and a lot of of what we have to do is, is focus on you know, controlling that and keeping firearms out of the hands of individuals who are already prohibited from having them. Uh, now, at the same time, it is also important, uh, given, as we've talked about, the significance of, of mental health. Um, I, people sometimes talk about red flag laws, uh, which you know are these sort of targeted interventions for, for people who... Uh, whether it's for mental illness or other reasons, are are showing themselves to be, uh, you know, are danger to themselves or others. Um, it, it is important, you know. I think ment- I think these sorts of uh, red flag laws have a place, uh, but again, there needs to be uh, protections for due process, uh, for having restoration of of those rights, you know, after a person has gone through treatment and is no longer heightened risk of danger. And so, I think that there is an uh, at least a, a good place for red flag laws, they just have to be crafted in such a way as, as to you know, remain within the confines of the Second Amendment. Uh, and so I think those going forward should be two of the, the biggest priorities. Amy, always good to have you on. Thanks for coming on. I'm out of time. I appreciate your input. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, that's Amy Schwerer. She's the legal policy analyst at the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. And I'll be right back. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. 
Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to 25 thousand dollars windows are us will match any competitor's price no hidden fees or surprises ever schedule a free roof inspection today mention am 1250 for an exclusive 10 percent off why pay double visit the area's premier exterior replacement company windows are us more than a window company visit windows are us pittsburgh.com did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store that mattress is being sold for the second time what do i mean Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. It's been a full day. The to-do list is done. The kids are in bed. The dishes can wait. Right now, this moment is just for you. It's your chance to unwind. It's your end of day ah. At the Original Mattress Factory, we're proud supporters of the end of day ah, and we want to see how you relax at the end of your busiest days. Share your posts on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag end of day ah for the chance to win a $1,000 Original Mattress Factory gift certificate. Relax. You've earned it. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Livability rankings are all the rage. Media lap them up with little or no context. Public officials and boosters tout the most laudatory rankings as proof positive that their cities are getting it right. But as the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy concludes, not all ranking methodologies are created equal, and some of the criteria used border on bogus. Learn more about the fallacies of livability rankings at AlleghenyInstitute.org. Challenging conventional thinking since 1995. Being an Answer Fan Club member is the fast, free, easy way to access exclusive content only available to members. Easily enter contests, give us your feedback, and let us know how we're doing. Score pre-sale tickets and get exclusive seating, plus members-only discounts and loads of free stuff. Like right now, members have a chance at two tickets to the Jesus Free Cruise this June with DC Talk, including airfare. Visit TheAnswerPGH.com and join for free, uh, free today. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Yes, and speaking of toxic masculinity, <clears throat> interesting that I should follow that with this. I wasn't really planning on it, <clears throat> but um, this is uh, a woman who was celebrating her 21st birthday at Thousand Oaks Bar, at the bar out there where the shootings were uh, when they broke out. And she was on TV quite a bit. I did see her. Uh, this is uh, this is what she said. There were multiple men that got on their knees and pretty much blocked all of us, ready to take a bullet for any single one of us. So that's, um, uh, I thought that was something good to bring up when you hear so many comments about toxic mask. That's kind of a masculine thing to do that I would think, I would hope that woman, women would want that to stay in style, that kind of thing. Uh, Aaron's nodding her head in there. Yeah, uh, that's kind of nice, I think. Um, interesting that she said that. Uh, I'm going to finish the week off with some quick sports here. How much time I got, Aaron? A couple minutes here. The Steeler game last night, uh, great, unbelievable performance by the Steelers' offense, Ben Roethlisberger. 
But something that occurred to me, being a uh, an old grouch, um, there were 54 passes thrown in the game last night. And 45 of them were completed. That's 83%. It's become way too easy to complete a pass in the NFL. That's taking nothing away from what Ben Roethlisberger did. He took advantage of the the conditions in the NFL right now and had a ridiculously good night, 22 for 25, five touchdowns. But the guy who lost, the quarterback who lost, Cam Newton, completed 23 of 29 passes. That's 79%. You know, there was a time when 50% was good, and it used to be a dangerous thing to throw a pass in an NFL game, and you were very happy to complete one because it was an accomplishment. But a 45 out of 54 passes are complete? Come on. Uh, that's what happened last night. And um, the Steelers, though, look pretty good. Um, I don't know if there's anybody in the AFC any better right now than they are. They're great-looking offense, and I don't know what's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell and don't care. He's now tweeting, by the way, upside down. He's, his tweets are upside down. So if you look at them on your phone or computer, they're upside down. Here's my problem. If it's on my phone, I'm just not ready to extend, uh, spend the energy that it takes to turn my phone right side up to read it. I just, I'm, I'm not ready to do that. I'm not interested enough in what he's saying. So if you're out there, Le'Veon, I'm sure he's a, um, a regular listener to this program. So Le'Veon, if you want me to read your tweets, you're going to have to put them right side up because I'm just not, I'm not taking, I'm, I'm just not using the energy it would take for me to turn my phone to read them. So we had a good week uh, and uh, we'll be back here next Monday and uh, this is John Steigerwald on the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Another good week by Aaron Byrne, the producer who does all the work to produce all those sound bites. And if I, was a, if I were a mean boss, my assignment for you over the weekend would be go, to go home and look at every one of these 307 things on the archive and come back with some. But I won't. See you Monday. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com